Don't you do it. It's over. It's time. Woo! Yes, girl! Um, so if everything went according to plan, we are live on Jacob V Weekly, and you just heard from Caroline and Buddy, who came in here last week to record a session. They did two of Buddy's songs and two of Caroline's. You've met them on this show before, but they're one of our first uh, official musical guests. So uh, we've worked out the kinks. Uh, in our two-week uh, hiatus since we had the Defeated County in here, uh, and we replayed some of the broadcasts we did with them for NPR, but um, Joe, hi. We're going to talk about why we missed last week. I'm not right this second, but we are going to talk about it, because I know we're an episode behind, and I'd love to make that up, and I think we made it up in content we recorded that we're producing for our mediums, but good God, it's good to be back. First thing, I want to start off and just get this um, uh, uh, up front. 
Um, I've been, you know, we've been talking about the last in in our in our in our break in the last two weeks, uh, the trending hashtag stop Asian hate, which is sort of a bad hashtag um, on its own, but emerges from an absolute crisis that I totally support uh, speaking out against. Uh, we're talking about eight Asian women that were murdered by a white guy across three salons. Uh, oh, no, six Asian women, one white woman and one white guy, I think. Um, recently, and then as I was typing this to prep for the show, uh, we had a, another uh, mass shooting in a, in a, I think in a mall in Colorado. So something I just wanted to draw um, attention to and address that it's not something that we're ignoring and that um, I didn't want to bury it in the show prep. And it's just, uh, it's something that we were kind of going to talk about adjacently anyway. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I think as a kid of the 90s, I feel really dumb for being so upset recently about coronavirus and teachers being in schools because they sent us as students into schools after Columbine. And I didn't really change my experience at all to my knowledge. Um, so... I didn't want to forget that we have lots of our own drama with the show that we're about to talk about, but uh, I did want to address that. Um, uh, obviously, you know, when you have a targeted sort of random act of uh, violence like that, uh, it's kind of funny that we don't talk about each of them more in depth because they're all so upsetting, but it happens so much more often than it used to. So I don't know. I didn't want to let myself get on with uh, what we're going to get on with without uh, addressing that. Joe, any reactions to any of that stuff before I move on to, pressing matters at hand yeah i yeah it's it's pretty sad i it's kind oh, of weird how it I all i know what you're gonna say i thought you say oh it's bad it's bad you know it's i just don't understand like where it all i don't understand <clears throat> it feels like this you know flash mob of white dudes just get together and they're just like all right flash let's the, who are we gonna pick on and they're it's then they're yeah, you know, somebody. that's what caught me off guard with this one is I, I don't hear a lot about racism against Asians, but apparently from what I'm hearing is it's a it's it's a it's a increasing issue. So well, no, it doesn't help when they make their own their own restaurants racial slurs for themselves. I'm not blaming them, I'm just saying. What anyway. are you saying? I'm saying that, you know, it's like the one racial slur you can use against an Asian person. They uh, like name their own restaurants that, you know. I'm afraid to ask for an example. Yeah, I'm not, I can't say it's worse than the N-word. So you're, yeah, please don't say it. Certainly don't say it. I know, I'm not even comfortable with you saying the phrase the N-word. N-word, yeah. Because that makes me think that you're thinking it. I'm not even thinking it. I didn't even you better not be fucking thinking it, you rat <laughs> bastard. Yeah, it's kind of a Zen thing. I, I can't. I don't have to think of the word. I just think of the N word. And I mean, after addressing racial tensions that are obviously out of control in this great world of ours, I do have to address a totally unrelated issue, and it has to do with some goddamn Nigerians. <laughs> the reason we missed our episode last week not only is my career in shambles, and it's a fucking nightmare. Uh, it's hard for me to even have energy to come all the way home to go to sleep just to go do it again every fucking day. Now my Facebook got stolen by Nigerian hackers. They stole over $900 out of my bank account. And uh, and they're still using my Facebook pretending to be me. And they're trying to sell people puppies now, apparently. And they want to give away. They want to put $1,500 in your cash app. It's a goddamn nightmare. It's so hilarious. It's not funny to me. <laughs> I noticed, man. so here's how I know they're Nigerian hackers. They'd probably, they could be from anywhere. Uh, but I noticed someone was logged in on my Facebook account on an iPhone XR in Lagos, Nigeria. So we're packing a bag and we're going to Nigeria to split some wigs. <laughs> we're going to pull up and I'm just going to start interrogating people <laughs> like Liam Neeson until I get my Facebook password back. Because while I was trying to figure out why someone was logged into my Facebook they uh, kicked me out, and then while I was trying to reset my password, they changed my primary email address and my account phone number. Luckily, they didn't get into anything pertaining to my Gmail because it was my piece of shit Yahoo email used with my Facebook. So that's probably how they how this yeah. all happened in the first place. But 
So it's a nightmare. <laughs> and at, at the time, it felt like my empire was crumbling beneath me because that Facebook account has access, admin access to all my music pages, which has made me so much money over the years. So how I'm much, bummed out. How much money has it made you over the years? Nothing. That's what I'm saying. Oh. It doesn't really fucking matter. But I had like 3,000 friends on Facebook, and there was a huge draw for our audience for this show. And we're talking about launching a Patreon this summer and things like that that, uh, you know, now it feel weird going on Facebook and saying to my friends and family, hey, if you want to support us for $5 a month, because I literally have a Nigerian hacker using my old Facebook to try to get people to give him money. And it's driving me nuts. He even told my friend Nathan he's holding my account for a $500 ransom. But that's just a ruse. He wants someone to give him $500, and he's not going to give anybody anything. That's why I haven't given him any money. Right. Oh, I'm so pissed I could spit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had the account pulled. I talked to a cybersecurity professional, and with my former account, you know, being the way it is, we kind of have to just scorch it. We just have to write it off as a loss, but we have, we have to get taken down again. It's not a big enough problem that anyone uh, at Facebook has actually looked at it. It's something the algorithms have been handling, so it's not like it's that big of a deal. Uh, I don't have any finances with Facebook. You know what I mean? It's not a, it's not an <laughs> active business account. <laughs> if you're on Facebook and you listen to this show, please feel free to share us on your timeline because uh, our Facebook hits are going to be limited while we try to rebuild 16 years of people I met at bars and then sent friend requests to in the bathroom. So... Uh, this show is bigger than Facebook, I hope, but, uh, I just, I feel disgusting. I feel like someone is wearing me like a skin suit and stealing pennies from old people. <laughs> I really hope they're from Nigeria. I hope it's like the next Captain Phillips. Like, remember the Somalian pirates? You, you were a little younger than me. You were probably in fifth grade or something, but it was like 2008 ish. And I was in high school planning uh, my next adventure. And in the news, we had literal pirates, and we wanted to hunt them. We wanted to buy a boat and some tear gas and go hunt pirates. In yeah. Like, I wanted to take the summer after high school off, and I wanted to go to Somalia and hunt me some pirates. But they kidnapped a U.S. citizen, and according to South Park, we just shot them all in the face. Yeah. And they were kind of—it turns out they were, like, young dudes who were unemployed and starving. And so it didn't seem so fun to hunt them anymore once we kind of killed a bunch of them. Once we realized we were the villains in their Star Once, Wars like, movie. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I mean, you're not supposed to be a pirate, but we're also <laughs> going to come kill you with our army. Yeah, right. I mean, they literally shot him right in the face. <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't do that. And so we have to be sensitive. We have to, we have to make sure people know that this is just, I think, one Nigerian <coughs> hacker that has stolen my Facebook account. It is not uh, all of the, the nation of Nigeria. If it comes out, though, that Nigeria is waging cyber war on the U.S., uh, that would be fucking hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, it's also, I mean, you know, he, he has your account, and, you know, you have to look back. He wishes he was you, you know? Like, he's like, this guy has so many friends, and he's got so much cool stuff, you know? I think that's something to, like, you know, that somebody did want your identity. It's something to be really proud of crazy yeah. crazy the cool guy i mean the job market right now it sucks job market is is ugly indeed great i had an interview for a job i really wanted until they told me the salary range and i figured out it'd be like a 35 percent pay cut from what i do right now and people are so brainwashed when it comes to this stuff that they make you feel like an asshole for being upset about something like that. Like, yeah. let me list some things that make sense to me that are apparently radical socialist beliefs, according to <laughs> all, all the people I'm apparently missing out on contacting on Facebook. Um, for example, I don't think I know anybody that is worth less than like $40,000 a year. <laughs> I mean, if you make $15 an hour and you work 40 hours a week, that's like 36 or like 35, maybe. Something like that. I did the math the other day. Uh, yeah. A salary of any size should represent a finite number of hours. I don't think a salary entitles uh, somebody to expect 80 hours of work out of you. Unless that's pretty agreed that way. Right? I don't think that's too crazy to expect. 
And if I, th I think if you make one salary and work 60 or 70 or 80 hours, you're actually doing two jobs for the price of one and should probably that should probably be adjusted for your benefit. <laughs> Sorry, call me crazy. Am I crazy? Am I some kind of idealist? Like what, what, what I'm hearing is like, a lot of people share this frustration about what they think like normal is, and maybe it is normal, but in 2021, like with a degree and a, and a certificate and eight years of experience in my field, I feel like I'm worth more than 66% of what I'm actually already making. You know what I mean? Yeah, they really should. Like, we have so much hate pointed at the Asians, and they really Asians? should. Asians? It really should be pointed at the boomers. I feel like there's not enough boomer racism. I oh. mean, there's plenty of boomer racism, but there's not enough no, boomer the boomers, prejudice. The boomers have plenty of prejudice. Yes, but we need, you mean we need there's more not prejudice enough, against them. There's not them. enough open set. Well, I don't, I don't, I'm not calling for prejudice against anybody. But I do see your point that, like, um, we're dealing with this crisis where people are attacking, like, ethnic minority groups, and maybe we should be targeting, like, class minority groups. Like people that are exploiting their privileges, yeah, for sure. But how does that fix my job crisis? <clears throat> uh, I don't know. And you and me were talking about this the other day. You said something that was very interesting that I wanted you to bring up on the show. You were talking about how you feel like the only time you can really do your job as well as you feel like it's expected that you do it is you have to compromise some aspect of your health. Is exactly how you put it. Yeah. I mean, it's... Tell me about that. I mean, <clears throat> the only way to, like, really, like, do the job that everybody, you know, the dream job to get everything done right, you're on your own in every job you're in. And so you have to, like, battle. I mean, everything's a hustle. And I was, I was talking to some... I met a lot of people with a lot of different jobs recently. And just the hustling that they have to do at their own job. Like, this guy who works at... Um, North uh, Northwest Mutual, and like, I was just so surprised. You know, you have to like live. You know, you got to park a mile away for parking, and like, he he's like, yeah, that's how I started, and it's just you know, I was living in an apartment, I was barely affording it, and I was like, and I'm like, yeah, but that's not right. Like, that's not. I know that there's some sort of American dream there. That's but a like, thing. That's a thing that is common. Is people feel like just because they experience something that should be okay for other people to struggle that way. And I, I totally think that there's a certain amount of struggle or, or developing independence that's a part of a rite of a passage, right? But I think that I don't think it means that people should have to fight tooth and nail to pay their bills for a couple of years just to be a part of the system. Like, yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's safer ways to do that. Like, you learn yeah. a lot when you have kids really young or you are thrust into some situation you're not ready for you learn a lot of stuff but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the best way to do that yeah like you learn a lot from the imperfections of life but it's like at the same time i don't think people should be questioning their worth quite as much as they are and i don't think people should be like you know i, I don't think you should be useless until proven useful in america like you should be you know i don't know i mean it's kind of pointless people think that's we're, we're a flawless system that's been working well for so long and it's like no you just there's a lot of advertising on the people that it has worked for it's the only reason yeah and, well and that seems to be so much of what we value we love the rare example of people that that have been super super successful like we act like oh see how look at what well, like other countries they value like education or professional experience or accomplishments or you know um whereas we value more like charisma and luck and like rags to riches that's kind of what i i would i would get into it but you know that's kind of what my professor and i were talking about recently is that we love in america we love the prodigies we love like goodwill hunting like we love having no explanation for success yeah. like we value that more than hard work <laughs> we love yeah. like he just came out of nowhere and, like and it's like like magic you know and it's like that's not good and because of that, we have way too many reward systems. Like, award shows in America are a huge thing. But and you know, the reason other countries like India are so good in like academics, especially math, is because they actually reward the hard work, and they don't like. So in America, you could have like some you know middle class dad, and he and you come back with an A, and he's like, "That's all, you know, he's a smart kid, you know." 
But if like you worked your ass off and you got a C, he's not going to like, at least my dad isn't going to congratulate you quite as hard where in another country, mm. it's like, what my, according to my professor in other countries, mm. what it's more like is, is if you got an A and you didn't do any work for that A, they're more critical about that than they are about the, like, in terms of positivity about the A. Like, they're more like, yeah, but you didn't do anything, you know? And mm. so, like, I think that's a really important part of how motivation works in America that I think is under-discussed. Sorry. No, you're doing great. Hey, speaking of the American dream, Eric fucking Greitens is back in the news. <laughs> Our friend of the show. Snorkeling disgraced, up on a turd. <laughs> disgraced former Governor Eric J. Greitens wants to now run for Senate. He was governor for like a week, and then he resigned because he got arrested for some like revenge porn scandal. It's kind of how it was summed up, summed up to me. He took like a naked picture on his iPhone of some chick he was banging. Can you say banging? Is that disrespectful? Fornicating. Oh, my um, God. That sounds worse. Yeah. Uh, so nice. he now we know that uh, Missouri Senator Roy Blunt is finally going to retire. Uh, and so his seat is open. Now Eric Greitens wants to run for Senate. There are people that have held out this whole time that they want Greitens to be president. There's this like this group of Missouri GOP people that love Eric Greitens and they think he's uh, the guy. Meanwhile, I've been next to him in a pool. He's a frail, petite gentleman, uh, yeah. probably fit for his age, but uh, also, um, you know, he can he can unplug a gun blindfolded. They were unplugging guns at the or whatever party. he does. Remember in his uh, ad for governor, he was like blindfolded. He was putting an, a, a, a rifle together. Pl unplugging guns unplugging it you know you take the plugs out and you plug them back in and you say done sarge or you say oh. time oh yeah like the platoon the movie like in forrest gump forrest gump yeah that was a good movie did i play you that tiktok about st louis high school astrology no is it no no where is it did you send it to me like <clears throat> oh yeah look at that yeah. let me retrieve it atheists be like i believe in the big bang theory well i saw this great tiktok that um i don't know how to i haven't prepped i don't even know if i can play a tiktok on the podcast i don't want to get yelled at but basically describing the <laughs> um the st louis like uh social astrology he refers to it as as are they as uh the St. Louis high school sort of thing. So if you're not from St. Louis, we have this thing here where everyone wants to ask you where you went to high school all the time. If you're from here and uh, you may have never heard of this, but we all ask people that. And I think people always think it's about like the schools themselves are like, yeah. Oh, you went to that school and had this or whatever, but really it's like cultural and it's like social, Class. political and yeah. classist and uh, uh, racially kind of insensitive. We historically have this thing called the Delmar divide, which is like historically before this kind of stuff was much less legal than it was once upon a time. Uh, they wouldn't sell houses to uh, families of color below Delmar, South of Delmar. And then, so you still have that kind of racial segregation and, uh, today and that's a big part of it too it's like i always feel like the question is uh did your parents love you enough to get you away from the scary poor brown people like that's what it always sounds like when older uh especially older like um and there's this thing too where like in the neighborhood i live in you have affluent white families that stay here and support all these catholic schools and it's not because they're like and it's not that they're not catholic but it's it's also not like they're like the uh, Hasidic Jewish community we have here in town that are really living their faith and they live in their own community to kind of stay near their place of worship and whatnot. Um, it's not necessarily like that with especially South City, St. Louis Catholics. It's very much like a, um, like a, like, like you mentioned, like a class focus. Yeah. Yeah. They're much more. You involved. had a weird experience with that. What high school would you have gone to if you went to the high school that was just based on your zip code? I went. I would have gone to Pattonville. It's a phenomenal institution. Uh, great sports program. Great facility. And what led your decision to go to where you went? You know, I just had a. I just had a hunger for, um, you know, more culture and inner city life, and like, 
I just what? really, I, what? yeah. Well, so how did that conversation take place? You said, hey, Dad, I want to go to a performing arts school downtown. Well, I was reading Malcolm X's autobiography, and... Is this a true story? I said, you got to be careful. Yo, cracker. No, 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 no. Rewind. Rewind. I'm paying my own way. Don't keep doing a voice. Do not keep doing a voice. Oh, I know if Keenan was watching, we just lost her. I know that. That's the exact kind of thing about you that makes her crazy. She'll host Cancel Joe. That'll be her... That'll be her... That'd what did I favorite. say? What did I say? <laughs> so we don't have to talk about you. We don't have to talk about you or any of. I don't know why. Uh, let me talk to my fucking goofy friend Joe about all these sensitive racial issues. Yeah. Let's move on. No, she's mad at me because I brought up J.K. Rowling. <laughs> the way I did. That's where it began. Anyway. So St. Louis starts on a river, right? We have the Mississippi River, and it expands westward. We call this white flight. Uh, this pattern of uh, exponential expansion westward into the various suburbs, which now spans several counties. Uh, the city part is always getting smaller. Uh, the metro area is huge, but legally the city itself is small and, and kind of dying. It's kind of sad. And people don't even really come here to hang out anymore. You see new restaurants and cool stores and places that we used to just grow corn. Like, Joe, you work at a restaurant that's in a floodplain. But you would never know that that's supposed to be underwater. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they've been putting Dobbs Auto Tires and fucking... Uh, what are the stores out there? It's actually... They have every store. It's very funny. I'm not kidding. They have it's every store. on purpose. It kind of feels There's like... a Red Robin. Yeah, it kind of feels like they hired QT or 7-Eleven to assemble a town. And like I'm pretty sure every boomer that goes to there is like, you know, this is a pretty exploding area. Pretty exploding, you know. But well, like, they, it makes me and my wife mad when we drive through Wentzville and they have a Lions Choice. I'm like, motherfucker, you don't get to live in a fucking cow field and have a Lions Choice. I don't understand. Warrington used to be a day trip. I to go to the Warrington Outlet Mall when I was a kid. It took all day, and we had to stop twice on the way there and twice on the way back to pee and to get refreshments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now people live there and they commute. To like yeah. the into like civilization where where I live to work some days all, all of your days teacher friends I yeah I mean I, oh yeah where I work now everyone lives in either the Metro East or Arnold I'm one of the only people that live in the city I want to pull up that statistic is the statistic of you know years of service and in inner city like high schools and then like every year they just migrate farther and farther out of St Louis who does the teachers the teachers. Yeah, it's great. Well, you gotta you gotta bring them in because you know normal successful people don't want to work there. It's only thirty minutes extra. It's fine. It's they. It's crazy how they justify it too. They're like, bro, I get here like forty seven minutes. I'm like, what? Forty? That's ninety minutes out of your fucking day. Forget it. Um, but like we were saying, so we have this massive expansion, all kind of centered around the soft, chewy core that is the city that kind of started the explosion. But they've kind of, again, and the way we zone schools here is by zip code. I've talked to teachers at other parts of the country. It's different everywhere. So this has been a, a way that they've sort of uh, exploited um, funneling resources and influence away from, uh, uh, like I mentioned, poor brown people. You can't tell me that, man. That's so fucked up, man. Isn't That's it, it's, probably why Rochester works so well. It's probably not set up that same way. Yeah, so this has been a key barriers. trajectory in my life. Like public school in South City didn't seem viable to my parents when I was young. And I famously got discouraged from pursuing Catholic school after my kindergarten year at St. Mary Magdalene of pain and suffering on Kings Highway. And my dad was a suburbanite. So we bounced out. They said, listen, we're we're fucking 25 years old. This kid is getting kicked out of kindergarten. He can't even do half day morning kindergarten because he's so fucking weird. Let's go somewhere else. And, uh, and so we moved away. And then it's been a driving force in my career because moving to the district we ended up in really saved my life. Like if I had stayed in Catholic school, uh, I would have grown up feeling even more deeply outcast and strange than I already did. And we ended up in a place that was really progressive and well-equipped um, where some queer pudgy Hoosier with ADHD could be nurtured. And it worked out. Uh, it turns out everyone there was uh, also a sex monster. That's been coming out in the news that we've talked about that. But I was able to launch into the world and go to college and start working and teaching right away in November. 
after I graduated, I got, I got my first teaching job. And if I'd stayed anywhere else, I don't know that I would have done any of that. I don't know that I would have gone to college. Who knows what I would have done? I probably would have just done drugs. Can you imagine being as goofy as I must have been and having to go to like Catholic school and being told that I'm a, a demon? Yeah that, yeah, that would have really worked out bad for you, man. My God. It's I'm crazy. S- I, I'll, I'll quit stopping to check on you. Thank you I'm for being kidding. here. I'm just kidding. No, but I'm serious. <laughs> it's great. It's crazy. Uh, did you know that on Sunday it'll be a year that I've been off the booze? Dude, congratulations, man. No, it was but, this past Sunday. But, you know, that's not true, though. What? Because I snuck... I snuck, you you some, I snuck you some booze once. Don't slip me a Mickey, whatever you do. I did. Do you know what I did? It's been really great. So here's, I think, what happened. I th- I've been really reflecting on this. I did Whole30 the month leading up to our first quarantine. So it turns out quarantine started the same week as my spring break last year. Uh, it's really when the COVID lockdowns first took effect. It was like March 14th, vaguely. And... Uh, that whole month leading up to that, I've been doing this diet called Whole30. It's like keto and shit, but like fucking, it's like stops after 30 days. It's supposed to be like a cleanse or something. And uh, I did a really great job. I ate super clean for 30 days and I had all this energy and I felt really in control. And this included no alcohol for 30 days, which I had done that several times. And the next weekend was going to be March 20th. Um, and, uh, I got fucking wasted by myself and then I made myself sick for like four straight days. Like probably gave myself some kind of alcohol poisoning. And I had just haven't been able to drink since then. I did the whole 30 and then getting totally wasted by myself made me so sick after not having any of those poisons in my system that I was just a fucking goner. You know, I just, I haven't had the appetite. I I feel like if I get that sick again. I'm going to be real, Jake. You never, I I never think you were, I I never thought you were an alcoholic because do you remember you could, how drunk I was at that? Lot. Do you remember you how drunk drink. I was at that rock and tour show? No, no, no. You could drink a lot. That's not. But I don't think you've never had the personality of want, like being like I need a drink before work and like all that stuff. I know no. there's degrees. There's degrees. But like, I think I was more of a binge drinker. Yeah, I think you just really like which is still party. alcoholism. Yeah, but yeah, and yeah, it is it is a thing. But I just think you really like. But I'm not like an AA or anything. It's much more of a dietary decision, really. Yeah, like I never came over and like you were like on the floor, naked or something. Really? Because that's happened. That's hilarious. And yeah, you definitely not completely naked. But like one St. Patrick's Day, I didn't even. Our last thing I remember was opening my back door, coming back from the parade, and then I saw a bunch of videos the next day of me rolling around shirtless. I had my jeans on. But I just I get hot and that shirt has to come off. I can't believe you've never seen more of that footage. We'll save some of that for our OnlyFans. Yeah, I need that. I need that for my montage that's ongoing. Yeah, for the OnlyFans that you're working on. Remember, you got to keep working on that OnlyFans. Yeah, we're gonna teach how. To play Quit guitar. changing the subject. Um, it's been really good for my health, though. It's been really good for my health and for. You know, my control of my life and it's allowed it allowed me to start this show. We I mean, I haven't had alcohol since we started this show. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this has been weeks and weeks and weeks. It's been since October, I think we started. So um Thanks, alcohol. Thanks. For being absent. The only thing I'm certainly not I'm certainly not all better and my you know, I have regiments of other things that are pretty heavy, but I aspire to improve that. But I'm really loving uh, not the hangovers were just not worth it, and yeah, yeah. and and just it was me getting. If you've ever seen me completely wasted, uh, it, that's a that's a toxic situation. Things get yeah. You're always misplaced. climbing out of my car when we're driving. Yeah, I'll climb right out that motherfucker. I'll climb you did. right you out. Climbed I'll, right out, brother. I'll I'll run down the street. I used to do that to my poor friend Ellie when we would get drunk. I would I would sprint down the street and like away from everybody. Yeah, you get hella toxic. So, yeah. So I like not doing that. It's been great. And just doing it in quarantine didn't seem like that was going to be an option. The first time I got drunk in quarantine, I was like, nah. Not today, Satan. Not today. I saw someone on Twitter say that we made teaching so inhospitable that even teachers don't care about teaching anymore. And that reminded me of in Pulp Fiction where uh, Samuel L. Jackson says, sewer rat may taste like pumpkin pie, but I'd never know because I won't eat the filthy motherfucker. <laughs> Teaching is like that. It could be the most socially or emotionally rewarding job on the planet, 
but if uh, you make it awful enough, no one's going to want to do it. Blowfish may be absolutely scrumptious, but parts of it are deadly poisonous, so it's not a common <laughs> indulgence for me or anyone I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So it's like it's going to get to the point where, like, actually really seeing the light bulbs come on and building relationships with children and watching them, like, become good at something that they didn't know how to do is really, really rewarding. It makes you feel like you're being like an important part of society. But if most of the time it looks like half of those kids telling you to go fuck yourself, either literally or with their actions. (laughs) I mean, we like to imagine that these really selfless, passionate, masterful, educated people, usually women, uh, are are flooding into the classroom. We demand really high quality teachers, but we're not breeding a whole lot of them. I mean, the more you look at it, the more it's like, okay, do we really trust people that would agree to do this? Do yeah. we really? It goes back to that mistrust we have culturally of um, people that love their jobs. We already think those people are crazy and that they're goofy. Yeah. And so and then you apply to this, this situation. I mean, somebody that's going to agree to do it, knowing how hard it is, especially now, do we trust that person? And actually, I saw a guy, you know, that guy does all the posts about it. He does the videos that they're kind Oh, sarcastic. the guy that does the videos. You, you know who I'm talking about, the sarcastic guy, and he, he's a teacher, and he does it at his school. It's kind of crazy. I'm like, how are you not fired? But he was talking about how the reason teachers are so like abused as a system is because it was a female dominated industry. And so like there was just a natural, like in society, there was just like a natural tendency to just like look down and like, he says it was, you know, it's a nurturing job and just people were so used to like looking down on people like that, like secretaries or like, you know, and so they just gradually just like, created a culture where these people are just there's a lot more expected of them than than they are paid for you know yeah that's one joke i always had is that people are like well teachers don't make enough and then and then separately people would be like well we have this this wage gap between men and women i'm like oh well teachers just all get paid like women so we don't have this pay gap because teachers just make that much less and just all the teachers make the same so is that true is that true that like i mean because i know well every school i ever worked in was there was a pay scale like a pay schedule so you started and it was based off your education and your years of service and so you would start at one place and you would just grant you just naturally move up there was no like negotiating or like cost of living increase it was like you're always moving up this pay scale based off your years with the district or your years of experience, depending on how they did it, and then um, your years of education. So, At the school that was you're always... at now. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. This that cup's been empty. There's a, at the school you're at now, though, you know, when I was there, they uh, the teachers actually unionized at Grand Center. Fine. Yeah, just at that one, just at the one campus, and it's because you know there were people there that just like showed up and uh, negotiated like a, and it, it was like a dude, and he like negotiated like a way higher, like like double somebody else's salary, and the other person had been working there for like five years, and like he just like negotiated the salary, and they were like, what, what, like there, and like, and it was still more than it was insane. It was like so. Yeah, we up. famously don't have a pay schedule. I can't really talk about it. Um, but normal schools, at least in my experience, do. And so um, that was part of that um, thing. So good. Oh. So we've dumped all the negativity. Dumped. Let's talk about the exciting stuff that we're working on. Um, you notice at the top of the show, we heard from uh, my friend Caroline and Buddy. They had been guests on the shows before, uh, but had never um, performed for us. And so they were one of our first musical guests uh, we got them in the can last Friday night. Instead of podcasting, I pre-recorded four songs and a, and a, and a conversation with them. We're going to play another song and a conversation here in a minute um, to take us out. But the uh, the real pleasure to come is we're going to post all four of those performances uh, on our YouTube channel with a lot of the other stuff we're working on. So we have a lot of content in the bag. I think I have it set up over here so that we can look at this. Uh, if you're looking at... I have... Uh oh. Pleasure to come. Nah, I thought I had my cameras booted up to uh, 
show people the space. But behind me here, we basically have our own little fucking uh, porn set for musical guests. Uh, we have cameras and lights set up on my pool table. And uh, you'll see here in a minute. Um, hoping to get full bands down here really soon. I have, we have two performances we recorded over the weekend. We have another one. Um, we still haven't posted all of the defeated county stuff because i have that audio we need to sync with that video right this is part of our board meeting that yeah. we're also having so let's write some of this down you got a pen yeah um so for the youtube we need to make sure that uh we're gonna post all of the caroline and buddy clips four separate songs i need to get the titles this, we already had this in the meeting you don't need to tell everybody this go ahead write this down okay and then, uh, so that's the four, just the four performances. We don't need to post the chat. That'll be here for this show. Four uh, performances. Yes. YouTube. We also have to merge the mastered audio with the video for the Defeated County performance, and I want to post that whole thing on the YouTube channel. Audio with the what performance? Defeated County. That was Defeated the band County, we did yeah. with NPR. Yeah. And then... Uh, we have another performance I shot here over the weekend. I have also mixed out audio for, I'll just send you all of that. But guys, we have tons of irons in the fire. Lots of, we're going to have musical guests, hopefully every week, uh, or some kind of, um, we're building an archive here so that we can have that option basically is what I want to say. Uh, I'm going to talk to, you're going to see me talk to Caroline and Buddy here for a minute about some of the stuff they're working on. They're at my, uh, Nine Mile Garden once a month, which is like a food truck park just outside of the city on the southern tip in what uh, we call Afton. And if you like a food truck, it's a nice socially distanced option. And I love them playing together. I love their voices together. I love his guitar with her piano style. And so I'm very lucky to have them down here. <laughs> for that what it just sounds like that's where they live they live in a food truck city they, that's where they yeah it, yeah and the food trucks are open 24 hours a day and they have they to live keep, under the they, bridge they just keep playing they just play if, non-stop oh my you, god i was listening to okay so one of my podcast heroes and inspirations in my life is the gay pimp johnny mcgovern who yeah. used to be just like a gay bar dj in like uh New York and like you know that whole like club scene like one of those party promoters. Where's DJ their types. documentary? I well, this is part of what I'm talking about. And so I'm on his Patreon, and he had uh, another DJ friend of his, and they were just talking about this whole gay scene in the '90s of uh, dance clubs and like and shit like that. We have to do a deep dive um, about like apparently Rudy Giuliani made it illegal to dance for a couple of years or something yeah. like shit that I'm like, I that's footloose. That's not real. No, but it was like, there was like, um, none of the, the dance clubs were like, there was, uh, we have to look into this cause it was so crazy. I forget why I just brought this up. What were we talking about? I'm, go I'm Googling it. No, but what were we talking about that reminded me of that? Uh, your podcast hero. Yes. He just did yeah. a whole episode on, we're talking about how food trucks or the band lives in a food oh, truck. Oh, they were city. talking about they used to do these nine hour DJ sets. Like nine hours. They were saying the, that they would go to this club where it, the party would start at like 10 and they'd play until like noon the next day. It's, it is believed it was initially enacted in part to discourage interracial mingling at Harlem jazz clubs. Former what? Republican mayor Rudy Giuliani famously. They had, they had the segregated jazz clubs while Rudy Giuliani was even alive? It was the 1920s ban on dancing in bars. What does that have yeah. to do with Rudy Giuliani? Okay. Um, former Republican mayor Rudy Giuliani famously enforced the law. As in, part oh, of so it's like an old dead law, and he said, we're going to enforce it. Yeah, controversial quality of life campaign in the 1990s. What the fuck? That's the uh, whole thing where he cleaned up New York and he sent um all, all, all the poor people to prison. That's, are you serious? That's Bro, insane. this is your assignment. This is your fucking Dude. social justice assignment for next week is figure out how Rudy Giuliani was a rat bastard and how cleaning up New York was actually probably really problematic racially and socioeconomically. Well, you know what's funny, though, is this is the same time that like that like new disco dance scene started happening with the white people. So like all the like 
indie trust fund kids like LCD Sound System started like starting up in like the late mid to late. That's 90s. a total. That's what always bothered me about that band is how much that guy loves New York. And yeah, he loves how expensive it is, and he loves being pretentious. Right. I'm like, what are we talking about? Like it kind of, it's kind of like because I love their music and I've seen them live and they're great. But it's also like, yeah, it's this, like really the, this weird. interview too was kind of like that. It was very much like, uh, you With, know, everything was like, well, and then we did New Year's Eve in Soho, and we were doing this nine hour rave in a warehouse yeah. in Brooklyn, and I'm like, shut up, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like as somebody from the Midwest, I'm just like all the like, and that's what bothered me about podcasts when we first started this, and we talked about just the LA like podcasting. I'm like, this is like ten people; they're all friends, yeah. and they tell the same jokes on each other's shows, and we're supposed to just buy the the Manscaped and the you know or what are and the Ridge Wallet and act like everything's okay. It's like I'm bored. Yeah. I'm bored it with is. it. Oh well, they I was at same ads. I was at Boa Steakhouse. I'll kill you. I, how about I kill everybody? How about that? Yeah, they just they talk. I was, I was in Nashville, and this guy was playing at Margaritaville, and that was his biggest audience ever. And he was talking. He was up on stage, like having a moment in front of like a bunch of drunk, like Alabama college kids. Like, yeah, was, that's like, sad when you see that. We're like, this is the biggest performance the biggest of my life, and then someone's traveled. like. Shut up! Yeah, right. Like he's like we traveled from Michigan, and I'm like, and we were just there randomly. You know, if I'm there randomly, that, that it's not. It's like not a, good. Yeah, that scene not is good. not happening. It's like yeah. you were in you. You're spillover from the boot store next door. Yeah, exactly. You were getting fitted for some Stetson boots, and then yeah. you said, "Oh, what's going on in here? I heard they got meat pies." And then the guy's like, "This is the biggest deal Dude, of my man. life." And then there's a sorority in there, and they're like, "Yeah." Yeah, and everybody's plastered and like the, I, but I specifically remember the like pain on like the sir, all of those waitresses and waiters that work down there. I mean, they just, they, there's no uniform. They just are like they wear these rags. And they just are rags. Like, Hi, welcome, Margarita. We're out of everything here. Want a margarita? Like they're like so tired. That's hard when it's a place like that. And they're out of stuff. Like there's a couple bars in town like this that are barely holding up. But like uh, also in New Orleans, it's common. Like you go to a place and it's like, is this place even open? Yeah. Like it's like sh- like it's not decorated. There's no extra <laughs> anything. There's no napkins on the tables. There yeah. may not even be tables. Yeah. It reminds me of we called we called it Crack House when I used to play Counter Strike. Um, but crack house is just I miss like a crack sh- house. like a shitty empty map that was really small and you'd fit like two giant teams in it. It would just be crazy. That's why we called it crack house. But it's like you probably never went with me to Cusamanos. No. But like no de- no decor, no real no. aesthetic. You're lucky if there's furniture and a lot of like shit's all boarded up. It's just crazy. Yeah, that's what's kind of funny is like, and the same thing is happening to downtown Nashville. Like, they have this random record store that's like, it's not even good records. It's like all Goodwill records. And there's like five of them. There's not a whole lot of them. And there's like no place to sift through. And it's like the whole place is made just to be packed because it's not about what they're selling. It's about, it, the like, the decoration is the number of people that are supposed to be there, <laughs> you know? Like, that's, you know, that's so dumb. That's my favorite. So let's go ahead and let's get to this uh, segment with Caroline and Buddy, and then you want to wrap up the show afterwards? By, by myself? No, no, no. You and me together. I was oh, yeah, just wondering if that it. would be okay with you. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so let's, let's, uh, let's, let's press on.
one can do it quite like you do You're breaking your own heart So no one else has the chance to And babe, I've lived my share of shame and disrepair Is it unfair to sometimes question if you care? I always thought that we'd grow out of this Charlie No, I really like that one. So talk to me just casually here for a second about um, what you guys are necessarily promoting, because I know it's just so different now than it was pre-COVID as far as um, uh, sharing, you know, the, the art you guys work on either together or separately. So I know it's a different experience now. It has been kind of like a, a vague effort, I guess you could say, because like right now, all we're really promoting if anything is just these nine mile garden gigs we're there every month um through november mm -hmm. and those are two and three hour sets so that's kind of provided a cool impetus for working together and um learning each other's material and learning covers and like establishing a little bit of a musical rapport and i don't want to do one necessarily but what kind of covers are you pulling from just stylistically Hmm, um, <laughs> a lot of 90s R&B. He, nice. he thinks that. It's like all 90s R&B. It's not. It's not. It's a handful of those. Like, we got some TLC. Like we, what? Um, Unpretty. Great. Oh, yeah. And um, what else? Um, we got some Christina Aguilera in there. Uh, which one? Genie in a Bottle. Oh, that's a good one. It's like, would you do that in G minor? Something like that. Yeah. Um, that's shit. real fun. And then we do um, Donna Lewis, I Love You Always Forever. Sure. So I wouldn't say that's R&B, but it's like 90s pop for sure. Oh, that's fun. And then no. we got, you know, some 2000s like Strokes. And so you get to work some original material into those, mm -hmm. those longer sets. That's where we're at right now. That's is really like... fun. That's really great. Because that's an outdoor thing too. So it's not like, um, it's not like there's a dance floor and that like there's a it's not like you're working like a party it's like a, we got a lot of kids dancing yeah yeah it's family <laughs> but it's like a family thing it's like you could kind of the music is kind of the the entertainment not so much like the sing-along yeah it's, i don't want to background noise i don't want to cater so specifically just for my own sake but i also well just do want to just so i'm not think, uncomfortable yeah i think the context <laughs> is just different now too so that's that sounds like a positive thing. So I think uh, to get if I can jump please, back in, like yeah. what what I kind of think, like so, what are we doing? What it's kind of turned out to be is it's kind of like we're sort of supporting each other in figuring out what our un incoming projects are gonna be, like by playing each other's material. Like we both want to start bands again, like when COVID starts, and like 
probably going to be in each other's bands and all that stuff. So it's just kind of been like a, a pushing off point to kind of keep it moving while we're in this weird time. Right. It's been a nice, sense? yeah, it's been a nice um, segue into what is to come to like be in like a nice safe environment um, that we can kind of experiment within and not feel like we have a lot of parameters that we have to adhere to. Yeah, I love that. I love a lot of that. I love a lot of how that feels. Um, <laughs> this is it's for you that we're doing it. And so uh, I'm glad. no, well, because Caroline, I've been telling you this for years, and that's really what you need is you need like to have like a band of people that are kind of also doing a similar thing that you're doing, and, and that writing songs kind of around your instrument and kind of trying to. Yeah, and it's been hard to like figure out how am I going to establish my vocabulary and my language around that to communicate it because I I'm I identify more as a songwriter than I do as like an instrumentalist or a musician. Well, and that's the thing. It's like you feel like there's a barrier there to working with musicians on a professional level. Yeah. And so having so you would be most comfortable I think you, I think you could navigate it just fine, but just for your own comfortability, oh, yeah. comfort. Navigate people, just fine. people are saying comfortability now, <laughs> and it's not a fucking word; it's comfort. But you're saying that for your own comfort, you'd like to have someone to kind of navigate some of that communication for you. Yeah, yeah, it's or nice, with you. It's nice to have, yeah, with and like with and for, you know, yeah. like and of and betwixt. <laughs> yeah, all of those um, flavor of words, um, but. Yeah, it's it's gotten better as as I've done more of it, but like it's it's been kind of a blessing to have um, Buddy with me through this because like I don't want to be interacting with like anyone and everyone right now, and so like tight. My boyfriend's a musician. I get to I get to work that shit out with him. Yeah. She's been doing the cool thing where she's pushing me to finally make my own music again because I've just been playing for everybody else for the past right. little bit. Right. Um, That'll kill you. Well, and, and it's just not an option right now as much like it was. Like you used to just be able to fill your schedule with that, whereas um, it's just the the opportunities just weren't there to be as busy. So it's kind of you have more time maybe to create. Mm-hmm. Except I didn't create shit during like COVID. I just slept and drank yeah but now that that's starting to kind of get better yeah. <laughs> it's a little easier to focus again yeah <laughs> i made a lot of like 70 percenters and then i've just been like fumbling around on guitar dude oh you 70 sounds high if i can get like <laughs> two parts together that are anything i mean yeah that's my thing too it's like i could just order postmates and watch the mandalorian mm, so yeah. seductive you know what i mean just put me in my goo pod just turn me over <laughs> Once I get my second half of my vaccine, that's it. I'm going to just lay in the tub. <laughs> You're going to want to. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Um, so, guys, I, are you, you – so you're still kind of in a stage where you're realizing material. You're not necessarily, um, like, producing a lot of it to publish yet. Not just yet, yeah. That's the story of my life. That's it's great. Like just Just writing and – getting out to gigs and then like maybe getting like a, a voice memo to yeah. like send to somebody and be like, eh, <laughs> it's getting closer though. Like, I mean, we're, we're talking to people, horizon. you know, we're talking to my like, thing. I, my I, big I, thing is I always want to tell people they have to do that. You really, I would really love for you guys to have something on record that you guys were like, uh, uh, crafting to, to share with people just cause I think that it's, it's so fun to document these periods of creativity mm-hmm. for sure. And I'm still playing with Joe. Like he comes around and hangs with us too. And like we're still working on getting stuff together. That's awesome. For our audience, Joe is Joe's idea. Joe's and idea. He, and he plays bass, mm-hmm. and he has a mutual a, friend of Jake. Yes. Yeah, mutual handsome friend dude. Of the pod. Gifted, very gifted, psychotic Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, and then you guys, yeah, you guys just get a good like a drum machine, and you guys are there. Oh yeah, I fucks with a drum machine. Or whatever, or, or a human person to play a drum. Even, yeah, yeah either forbid. or, maybe both. You do know? they do? They don't do full band really at the Nine Mile. It's more of a encourage, like a halfy. Yeah, kind of strip I mean, they, they, they do full band, but um, some the full band nice. that I've like noticed there has been mostly just like you know folky bluegrassy stuff. So, um, so that's good to keep in mind. I just don't think they have full band budget, maybe at this point. But 
I might fuck around. We and can get bring some. Bring a full band anyway. Oh, I'll light it up. Don't get me. <laughs> don't get me out there. Ooh, you better. Um, do you guys, you guys have a, you guys are good on songs. Good on songs. I got some stuff to plug though. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So that's so. Where should I send people when when we put this out? This will be clipped to the end of our next episode of uh, Jacob V Weekly, which will be out this weekend, I hope. And love that. Um, and so anything that you guys uh, want to send people to, I absolutely want to share the platform for. Uh, anything you guys may be working on or want to share with people? Sure. So while Buddy's pulling stuff up, I'll say um, my Facebook page is just Caroline because I think I'm a diva. One name. No, who did those photos with you? I love that. Um, Gabrielle Blanton. Yeah. Um, Bless her, up. Her Instagram is gabtronmedia.gov. She, yeah, she, does, she does some really good work. Um, and my friend Derek Robertson styled it. Um, he like did my hair and makeup and yeah, great stuff, great work me, there, etc. Um, but yeah, my Facebook page is Caroline, and then um, it's like Caroline Steinkamp Music for the handle, um, and then my Instagram is it's only dress up, and um, we are going to be playing at Nine Mile Garden on the twenty first of April. And some other dates too. April twenty first, and that's here uh, locally in St. Louis, just yeah, outside the city Afton. in the Afton area. I think mm-hmm. mo- most of our listenership is St. Louis. I, I feel comfortable promoting that uh, uh, locally. We do have a guy in Sweden that you know what <gasps> we'll have to just live stream. We'll be in Sweden next year. Do you know him? It's one of my dreams to go to Sweden. Um, no. I mean, how, does anyone know anyone anymore? Actually, because of the recent <laughs> scandal and my, my shakeups online, I may have uh-huh. lost communication with him entirely. I hope he's okay. Bless up. Bless, Bless up, up, friend in Sweden. Bless up, Sweden friend. I got two things. March 28th, uh, Kara Louise's thing with Sinkhole is coming out. The I watched music on the internet. I play keyboards for that. Yeah, live stream. Is yep. Chris Keith working on those? I don't know. But that sounds like it's a possibility. Also, the return of Tiger Rider is April 17th uh, at Lucas Schoolhouse, and we will be featuring Seth Donnelly on the drums. Tight, 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 tight. It's going to be awesome. Schoolhouse. Yep. So that look for that. There's going to be some of those other cool bands, too. Mammoth Piano, uh, Jesus Christ Supercar, some other people. Oh, Mammoth Piano. Stir that. I love all those bands. That's going to be really really special. Is that going to be a live stream thing, too? It should be live streamed and actual live in person. Both, both. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I think I'm doing one of those next weekend at Red Flag. I think that's hybrid like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Who are you doing that with? Yeah, Ground Control. Sweet. That's the band I bought that keyboard to play with. They're really cool. We'll talk about them. They're going to be on this show soon. Okay. So, Can't wait to hear more about that, guys. I love that you guys were here. Um, I want. Uh, I'm so glad to introduce you guys. Uh, more uh, in depth to uh, my audience and to share some of the. The reason why I wanted to talk to you guys several weeks ago when you were on the show before. So um, this has been so great for me. Also, it just sounds so good down here. And so the uh, 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 I appreciate you making that happen. Um, yeah, it's really exciting. You guys sound good is what I mean. What I mean, do. I don't mean that it you would just sound, sound good. good. You look good. Thanks, guys. I, I look like I'm looking at myself right here. Right I look now. like I feel yeah, like for Kramer the listeners, just jacket. so you know, Jacob V looks really good right now. Yeah, I'm right here on. The, I look like a fuck. I look like Kramer with this jacket. It's, it's awful. Uh, good. It's good. Guys, we are going to post all four of those tracks from Buddy and Caroline down here Friday night uh, on our YouTube channel. Uh, by the time the week is out, look forward to those. They're already looking really good. That's another episode of Jacob V Weekly. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, whatever. Last week's episode was playing weird on Apple Podcasts on the phone version. If you're playing um, Apple Podcasts on your desktop, it was fine, but let me know directly if you're having any of those issues we also have a instagram the nigerians have not taken the instagrams and at jacob v weekly where we post exclusive content and clips and highlights and i make cross posts tiktoks and funny memes sometimes you'll see pictures of my guitar gear or my dogs or my lunch um you can follow me on twitter
Twitter at Malachi Envy. We curate a monthly Spotify playlist. We have one for March. It's really good. Jacob V's favorite songs on Spotify. We did it, guys. Be safe.